entrepreneurship is great, but can also seem overwhelming. Wouldn't you like to know the pros, opportunities, and problems with different business and investment strategies before you jump in? Well then, welcome to Entrepreneurship Exposed. Let's go! What's good, everybody? It's your guy, Bees. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurship Exposed, where we expose everything in terms of being an entrepreneur, in terms of uh, following your own path and, and just the freedom that we get from entrepreneurship. So today, <laughs> today I'm smiling, I'm laughing because I don't even know what to say, man. I got uh, lost for words because I guess today I'm really excited to speak with. So I'm not even going to you know, say more. I want him to introduce himself. Charity Croft, Welcome to Entrepreneurship Exposed, my brother. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> I'm blessed, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, it's a pleasure having you on here, man. I, I look. This conversation about to be different. This conversation I'm here about for to be it. Different. But but I'm go ahead. For those who don't know you, if they are on there, let, just uh, introduce yourself and tell the people who you are, what you do, bro. Uh, my name is Charity Croft. I am a lover of words. And I use beautiful words to make the world more beautiful. So, you know, I'm a songwriter. I write books, you know, TV, whatever, whatever I can utilize, however I can utilize words to create some type of change, I use them. Yeah. Mm, bro, have you ever heard the quote, a jack of all trades is a master of none? You heard that? I have heard that. Do you know that there's more to it and that's that's just a piece of the quote? Yeah, I'm trying to remember it. It was like, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but, but something, something, something. Sometimes better than yeah. a master of one. Um, you hear me? Yeah, you hear me? So we oh, come from the fact. same ilk, bro, because I'm definitely a master uh, jack of all trades because I don't want to be the master of everything, yeah. right? I hire the master's. To run things and you hear me. run their lanes for me, so Literally. I want to do a little piece of everything in my businesses. I, I I'm not a CPA, but I better know a little bit of financial stuff. Absolutely, so that my my financial team ain't ripping me off, right? Yeah. And same thing with all other departments. So yeah, we we already cut from the same ilk. On top of that, I didn't know this, but you D nine too. Jeez, yeah. Apparently, you're not an alpha because you would have just said frat. I would have said so frat. You've, and you've, you've, say picked frat. A, you've clearly picked a terrible organization to be a That's part of. Oh god, gross! <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just playing with you, bro. Shout out to the same go crazy. Yeah, I'm an hey, alpha. Man. <laughs> but today's gonna be fun, bro. Today's gonna be fun. It's gonna be completely unscripted and just you know we're gonna get into uh, generational wealth mindset exposed, but so much goes into that. Absolutely. So much goes into that. Now, before we even start that, my favorite TikTok video that you did uh -huh. is the one where you said about um, you, you were basically looking at divine geometry. You were looking at the cosmos and looking mm. at these fruit, these flowers, these, these things to eat and what that resembles and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to me, bro. I got a video I'm going to send you uh, mm -hmm. after this. You can see I got a lot of tattoos, right? Absolutely. Now, up here is the tree of life and the flower of life. You can't really it's, see it. I was watching your live. I, it's so funny that you mentioned this. Before you even go into it, I was watching your live earlier. 
And I saw as you were opening up, you was like angel numbers. I was like angel numbers. Hold on, we we on the same type of time. Yeah, no, yeah we go. angel numbers angel is in here right now too in the chat. So you see, you see them talking. Come um, on, that's, that's yeah. A brand that uh, Leslie owns. I'll explain more about all of that later for you. But that's a great uh, brand that's up and coming. Angel numbers lifestyle. All focused on angel numbers. All focused. Yeah, I like Brit to said nerds unite. I'm a <laughs> nerd, and I'm proud of. Absolutely. It. <laughs> Leslie wanted now, to see the tats. Now looking at she the tats. Look at your arms, so bro. I got, I got the. Uh, where is it? I can't. I can't even see it in the in the camera. But you can see the uh, um, tree of life and the flower of life is up here. Beautiful. I got uh, Yggdrasil, the world tree from Norse mythology. But Beautiful. I also have the sacred geometry format of the tree of life on my back wow over here this is the standard model that is a the physics form formula wow you're in the quantum physics we are theoretical physics quantum physics i literally went to college to be a theoretical physicist and dropped really like literally that's what i went to college for was theoretical bro we gotta talk crazy That's my hobby. And people, people always be like, what are you talking about? Hobby. I'm like, yeah, it's my hobby. I've been taking classes for the last 20 years online, different things, you know, free classes. MIT has some free classes on theoretical physics and I just, you know, absorb it. Wow. I've written my own little paper that's not like published or nothing, but I've done my own, you know, theor- theorizing. Right? Wow. Brit so, just put here is um, Euler's identity, Euler's identity, which wow. is the the most beautiful math equation in existence. It basically mm. makes up the, found, uh, the fundamentals of everything with math. Um, well, I got to look I have, that one up. I haven't uh, heard of that one. Gener- general relativity, yeah. chaos theory formula. Wow. So if have you ever seen the butterfly effect? Oh, yeah. Oh, bro, that's yeah. chaos theory. Uh, yeah, chaos yes. theory. That's what I was going <laughs> to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, you know what I'm saying? We could go on and on wow. in a whole different realm. Yeah, that's we, a whole we, different yeah, podcast. We'll talk later. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know any of that until literally until I watched your live today and I heard you mention angel numbers. I'm like, what? Right. Yeah, well, saying, we got more to talk about, but nah, let, let's keep sure. going because we got we got some of the audience here and everything, and we recording. So. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's get to the business. Even though yes, the sir, business yes, and sir. spirituality and and these are very closely intertwined. I want to say one quick thing on this yeah. point. It's interesting. A book that I intend on writing, I haven't come up with a name, but like the working title is something like spiritual business. That's the working, but it's going to be something a little bit more interesting than that title. That's not really that interesting. But basically the concept is that, again, I watch a lot of people like you. I watch Gary Vee and Grant Cardone and Robert Kiyosaki and, you know, the list goes on and on. Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, like Earl Nightingale. We could talk about all of these people who talk about business, but the very interesting, like, through line that I've noticed, because I am in this, like, spiritual, scientific, you know, that spirit science kind of world, I've realized that it's interesting how similar business professionals speak to like yogis and spiritual practitioners it's like the language Mm. and the way in which they describe things they speak heavily about gratitude and mindset Mm. and like there's 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 a direct line between like the way that we find spiritual 
attainment, which is through suffering. And and after you suffer, you kind of move into purpose. And that same kind of process to find spiritual enlightenment is also the same process of an entrepreneur running a business. And so you can almost find a certain level of spiritual enlightenment through being your own business professional because the strides and the shifts and the gratitude and the presence and the ability to continue to persist through these things are the same things that happen in spiritual enlightenment. And so it's very interesting how there's like a a through line between spirituality and business. And I'm going to write a whole book about that concept. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be the first, uh, the first uh, customer. I'll, I will definitely read something like that, man. So, yeah. so. Oh, uh, well, first of all, do me a favor. I think your mic might be tapping against your, your chain. Oh, so okay. You, yeah. Uh, but bad. here's the thing. You're talking about mindset. Well, okay. Actually, before I get into mindset, I'm telling you, cause I got so much I want to talk to you about. You familiar yeah. with the, the LHC, the large hydrogen uh, collider? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and did, mm-hmm. did you see how there was supposed to be a big the CERN thing and all of that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh, yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. And so okay, let me stop there because if I keep, <laughs> if I keep going, we could go in a whole different a whole different direction. But mindset. I remember when I started to succeed as a full-time entrepreneur. Now get now here's the thing. I had a pretty good corporate career. I yeah. worked at Microsoft, I worked at Accenture. I got tons of certifications and that helped me to build my goals and my plans as a full-time entrepreneur. But when I started to succeed as an entrepreneur, one of my, actually it's my cousin, he said something like, you know, that's the way that people succeed as an entrepreneur when they go through some hardship first and it forces them to be an entrepreneur. I was like, well, yes, that happens a lot, but that doesn't have to be the only way. You can make that conscious decision that you want a better life or you want something different in life. I'm not going to say better or not, but you want something yeah. different in life and you need to execute on it. And that's mm. the disparity is just that not everybody's willing to execute. Mm. Many people are willing to get information and hear Absolutely. things, but they're not willing to execute. And what do you think about that overall, the execution, especially in our community? Yeah, I think the interesting thing, so... There's two questions, and it's called me all super pro black. But you you answered you asked one question at first, and then once you said in our community, then that just shifted my whole answer because yeah. that's such a different nuance for how black people exist versus maybe how the entire world at large exists. But so I'm going to answer the in our community because that seems like the undercurrent of the question, and it's just like we are a creative people, right? We over, we over index in all creative things, right? Music, you know, dancing, we over index in creativity, right? The interesting thing about that, and here's like, and, and so stereotypes, we don't like stereotypes, right? And also there sometimes is a, you know, there's a little bit of truth in stereotypes. Like to say that we don't eat a lot of hot sauce is like just untrue. We do eat a lot of hot sauce. You dig <laughs> what I'm saying? As a culture, we do eat hella hot sauce. Not to say every culture don't eat hot sauce, but we eat hot sauce a lot. <laughs> say that to say, black people are are amazing at dreaming. You dig what I'm saying? But as a culture, execution hasn't really been taught to us as much as in other communities. And in the Jewish community, for example, they are all about execution. They're all about do it this, do this. Here's the exact 
tangible and practical way you go through it. And again, that makes maybe a Jewish people, which is why, again, so many Jewish people are lawyers. So many Jewish people are, are people in these professions that are, that tilt towards execution. And so many of us tend towards uh, professions that tilt towards imagination and creativity. But the interesting thing about it is the best leaders and the best business people are the people who figure out how to balance those two that can balance that that dreamer creativity because that's what makes you like these revolutionary leaders such as a Kanye or 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 or, or visionaries you know what I'm saying the people who can be particular particularly visionary in their work need that dreaming creativity that kind of is is endowed within us as black people but in order for us to have the tangible financial practical business success that a lot of our white counterparts have is going to require a lot more of that masculine energy and again you being a spiritual person like again black people we are we teeter towards yin energy which is the feminine the creativity the emotion the caring the community and white people they tend towards yang which is organization and and you know, and masculine energy and mm. moving forward, which is why, again, you know, so much they, they they were the explorers, you know, and in a lot of ways, the conquerors and the colonists, you dig what I'm saying? And so there's a negative vibration of either one. You don't want to go too far into that execution where everything is about winning, 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 and then it's just let me dominate the world. But you do want to be just enough in that masculine energy to bring those creative dreams that you have to life. And for balance, sure, it's that balance. balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, that's the, the next tattoo I'm about to get right here is going to be the scales of Osiris. Because you see, I have an Egyptian theme too. So that's a spirit for me where I have the sacred scarab, eye of Horus. Mm-hmm. And yes. I got like all of the hieroglyphics on my on my arm are, are like my kids' names and other things as well. But, mm. but yeah, you're, you're 100% right, man. That balance is important. And here's the thing. And I guess this is a shift into fully on mindset because, you know, execution is one thing. That's another thing. People have to understand that execution is different from mindset. Mm. You need that mindset first. Absolutely. I always say that you need motivation, inspiration, and Mm. execution to Mm. succeed. Now, coming up, for me, I remember saying to people like, yo, how'd you get like $10,000 to put on a house? Like, where'd you get $10,000 from all at once? Like, I couldn't think nobody was telling me how to do that. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know it. I just didn't have the information. Mm-hmm. And I used to not like people like uh, Tony Robbins. I used to not like him because I was like, listen, all he does is say, you can do it. If yeah, you believe, yeah. you can achieve. And yeah. I was like, listen, I know I can do it. I got the motivation. I need to know how. Somebody yeah, teach absolutely. me how. Mm-hmm. But now we're in an, a, a, times, a time frame, a timeline of abundance of information. Hmm. Now I think it's the opposite problem that a lot of people are having is too much information and I don't know what to do. And now I get analysis paralysis Absolutely. and I can't, I can't actually move forward. So that motivation is, is critical because I, I realized later that not everyone had the right mindset. You know that what I do is I buy businesses and I yeah. do it with a LBO strategy, leverage buyout. So I'm buying a business for, or I shouldn't even say buying, I'm acquiring a business. Yeah. I'm not actually purchasing it. I, no money's coming out of my pocket. Right. So I'm doing it $0 out of my pocket. And then I acquire this cash flowing asset. Yeah. Right. Now, mm-hmm. when people hear that, they're like, wow, bees, that's insane. That's amazing. But that's above me. I can't do it. 
And I'm like, what? why would you say that? Mm-hmm. I believe, and I would like your insight on it. I believe it, it ties into what you were saying before. People see, like in the Jewish community or whatever, they see their people in their community being lawyers or doing this or doing that. So it's easier for them to do it because they see other do it. Do it. The yeah. first time you bought a house, it may be a scary process, but you're like, well, I could do it because everybody's buying houses. Absolutely. In our community, nobody sees our people buying businesses. Yeah. So I feel like that's a, a roadblock. That's why I'm trying to show people more that, yeah, it can be done because if they don't see our people doing it, they just keep thinking, oh, that's just for rich white people. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that overall? <laughs> I mean, shit, I'm a rapper. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and I and I say that intentionally to say that because I'm in the black community and I lived in the hood. And it's just like, nigga, you go play basketball or you go rap. You know what I'm saying? That's what one, one of the things that you're gonna do. Now, granted, hip hop is this beautiful vessel towards so much energy and so much healing and so much expansion, and now it's probably the most powerful culture hip-hop culture is probably the most powerful culture on earth at this exact moment and so Mm -hmm. i thank god for hip-hop and i thank god for the society in which i live that kind of endowed me with this this hip-hop you know approach towards life but to your point there are other communities where their approach towards life is Everybody in this neighborhood, we don't rap. We we all buy businesses. You know what I'm saying? The whole mm-hmm. neighborhood, they're un- you know what I'm saying? Like again, and, and and so much of this goes into like it gets really socio-political because oppression is a real thing. And the thing about it is it's just like so Jay-Z has this line and he says that it's in Can I Live? And he's just like, I don't just people think that we just hustle for the sake of hustling, but we hustle out of a sense of desperation. You dig what I'm saying? And Mm. it's just, that being the case, it's just like, if all you ever saw was drug dealers, and that's the only thing that's around you, because, and again, so then a white person listening to this conversation might say, well, whose fault is it that it's a bunch of drug dealers? Why are they choosing to deal drugs? Well, again, there is no community center in which we're learning financial literacy right mm. there is no like upward mobility anywhere we don't even get healthy food it's only like that corner store right there that random dude who's selling gyros you know mm. what i'm saying which is a bunch of arab people who have come into black community and they figure out how to profit on the things we like so they own every gas station every convenience store all of the things and we have only learned the concept of being a consumer or a creative you know mm. what i'm saying and so black people i kind of have been raised historically like Either you will be a creative or you will just be another day-to-day consumer. Not really as much as like, well, here's our family business passed on. And that's not to our fault. That's to the fault of a whole system where we weren't even allowed to have businesses. We weren't allowed to even live in the same neighborhoods. Redlining still exists today. I used to live in Chicago, Illinois, where still today they have a thing called hyper-segregation, which uh, basically means like all black people live on the South. And all white people live on the north. Now, of course, that's not a completely hard line, but it's very, very like close to reality. It's just like ain't really no black people like that in Wicker Park and Lincoln Park. They there, and it ain't really no white people like that in in Inglewood or 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 Woodlawn or Chatham. And because and because it was zoned like that way before black people had the opportunity. So I'm saying that to say 
that thank God that now that we do have opportunities and we do have an ability towards upper mobility that we have people like business builder bees and people that can talk and make this now a tradition rather than just mm -hmm. dancing and singing and hooping and creating. Now it can be a tradition tradition of, yo, well, here's how you start a business. Here's what an LBO mm -hmm. is. Here's how to do a buyout. We haven't even conceived of this. You are only as aware as what you, as your exposure exposure mm. is everything and if other communities have been consistently exposed to to mediums of growth that we have not then what do you expect we're just gonna know to do the only thing we know you yes know sir yes sir 100 percent, man now yeah. we got shift to what probably maybe my second favorite video that i saw you do uh -huh. <laughs> and that is when you started talking about insurance bro when I when I watched that video, I started getting giddy. I hope my guy is <laughs> on here. He's part of uh, my Business Builders Institute as well. And he's my infinite banking specialist. Hmm. Right? I learned about infinite banking from him and it just went crazy. I was like, wait, hold up. And I, I'm not going to say I learned about it from him. He simplified it for me That's because right. I couldn't grasp that concept. Yeah. When what our community especially doesn't understand, when you see these huge, super rich CEOs and they take like a $1 salary. And you're like, oh, because they got a lot of money. No, because they know that earned income is the most taxed income. Come on. But that $1 salary they may have, but they have a huge insurance policy. Come on. Because, and you laid it out in your video, man. Mm -hmm. you're like, and then they just borrow against that. that with credit. And it's just yeah. like, it's just a big finesse. You know, we, a we, legal finesse that we legal don't know. finesse. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Mm -hmm. Too often, we think in our community that, insurance is about when you die how to pay mm -hmm. for the funeral this and that mm -hmm. no it's a vehicle for wealth creation absolutely. and wealth preservation absolutely that's a disconnect too because mm -hmm. we can figure out ways to create our wealth but then it ain't real generation right absolutely yes so to me and out of many the two most important things for wealth preservation is insurance mm. and having a trust the right type mm. of trust tell me about a trust oh man listen how many times have you heard and, and i'm saying this to everybody listening how many times have you heard someone when you were growing up they were like oh that's a trust fund baby yeah and you're mm -hmm. like oh okay wow that's great yeah. and you never went to go figure out well how do i form a trust how can i mm. use it we just ignore it mm. right because we're like oh that's not for me that's above us right mm. I, I did a whole tour called the above us tour where we talked wow. about these type of topics before mm. but if you have the right type of trust, and I wish my guy B Better was on here because he's my partner for creating trust. If you have the right type of trust, for example, I got a business trust, I got a family trust, and the family trust is irrevocable. So mm. this is the generational wealth creation. This is how you ever watch Power? Uh, uh, occasionally, not that much though. I ain't get into same it. Same like here, that. same here. Yeah. So, but I found out that Ghost died. I hope I ain't ruined that for nobody. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> when he died, his son Tariq couldn't get access to the money without finishing school. That's yeah. because the trust controlled mm. that aspect of the wealth of the family. You mm. need to do these steps first before you are able to access the funds in the trust. Now, that's the family trust. That's irrevocable. That goes on for in perpetuity as long as you don't dissolve it. And yeah. you get to defer taxes in perpetuity as long as you don't dissolve it. But then there's also a foreign trust. And through my foreign trust, if I have the right paperwork on me and know exactly what to say, I if a cop pulls me over, I could literally show them this paperwork, say specific things, and they have to walk away from me. 
Now imagine that in a community where we're having people being killed disproportionately by the police all the time. And now we have a way because we didn't have this knowledge. Mm-hmm. But now we have a way to, to reduce that. Yeah. If not eliminate it altogether. The Absolutely. other way is by getting insurance. If we have, you know, huge insurance policies and black people are dying all the time from the police or whatever, I bet you them insurance com- companies are going to lobby the police department to say, hey, 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 what you got doing? Facts. I don't want to be paying out all of this. Facts. You know, so we could talk forever about the trust and such. But first with the insurance, that was critical, man. I, I you know, thank you for posting that because, you know, I see that all the time where that's overlooked in our community. What have mm. you what made you post that? Like, I, I know that you love simplifying concepts for people. And I think you're yeah. a, a superhero at doing that. What made you that. focus on that one in particular? It was actually, it was actually, uh, you, you met my manager, Justin. He introduced me to this guy named Therese, who is a uh, life insurance agent. And we just got on the phone and we're just talking and it was just like, wow, like he honestly exposed me to a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I would, to be honest, I am still new to my understanding of life insurance and how it works. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? But from what I learned from him and then just doing my own research, but back to your point of maybe I even had a, had a, that's above me concept or, or mm-hmm. maybe not even that's above me, but more like that just don't matter. Like, I, cause I looked at life insurance as like, you get this just in case you die. You dig what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. that your funeral can get paid for, which is what I talked about in the in the video, is that we as a people, interestingly enough, black people have more life insurance uh, comparatively than any other race. But our mm-hmm. but our policy only covers funeral. Our policy yeah. is not about the passing of generational wealth. That's the knowledge that we didn't have access to. You dig what I'm saying? And it's like, it's cheat codes. Like, yeah. like money is really... Like, and here's the interesting thing. Money is just a game. Yep. It's a game. You dig what I'm saying? And it's just like, but we look at money and we've been taught to look at money due to the society as like a struggle, as a thing to to drudge through. And, oh, man, I got to try to get up and get this bread. But it's just like, mm. that's not what money is. Money is a game. We just haven't, we just didn't know the rules. And again, not to our own fault. Not to our own yeah. fault. Again, socioeconomic oppression, all of the things yeah. that led to that. But now that the knowledge is accessible and we got people like you who's who's doing this work to let us know that, wow, insurance ain't just something for after you die to make sure that you can buy a nice casket to go in the dirt. Like, no, it's for the next four generations of your family to have wealth. Yes. But yeah. we wouldn't even know that because we've been we've been playing the rules of a completely different game. Definitely, definitely. And so going back to mindset, I'll say this too. I remember when it came out, and I'm not even trying to get too political, but yeah. when, when it came out that uh, Donald Trump only paid $700 in taxes, most of our yeah. community was like, man, that's terrible. But we know I was every like, rich person. That's every rich person. Every rich person. So that's a mindset shift because my concept, my mindset was like, oh, well, how do you do it? You know, how can I do it too? Mm. Right? Mm. It's not like he was he in jail for it. So he's mm-hmm. using the laws to to his advantage, but Absolutely. you just need to know the laws. Absolutely, right? you need to know that information. So I think that that that's critical in terms of uh, creating generational wealth. All starts back to that mindset because if you're just going to complain about the things that you're seeing, rather than seeing how you can implement them too and learn those rules of the game that you mentioned, absolutely, you know that's what helps to take you to that next level for sure. Now, I'll push back a little bit on that just for the sake of the conversation. I want to hear how you're going to feel about this because I'm about to push back on that. 
yeah, learn the game and figure out how to play it and then figure out how to get it your own. And also, certain aspects of the game are just wrong. You dig what I'm saying? Like, here's the thing. Like, capitalism, although it is a game that you can learn and get really good at, at its Mm -hmm. core, it is still kind of a terrible system. Even though it might be the best system that the world has ever seen. And that's the irony. I'm not one of those people. I'm not like a hard, super leftist person that's just like, burn it all to the ground, down with capitalism, socialism. Like, no, I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that. But I am also aware that, sure, bees and charity understand this capitalism game. And we know that we, we desire, as long as we're living within it, to educate our people on how to use it to the best of their ability. And also, it is inherently extractive. You dig what I'm saying? Like, capitalism is about getting the most profit possible out of the tiniest bit of Mm. of overhead, right? You dig what I'm saying? And anything that that is the basis of, capitalism is about efficiency, right? What is the most efficient way that I can get this to happen, that I can make this happen, that I can do this? And here's the thing. You know what's the most efficient way to get anything? To steal it. Steal it. Which is why so much of capitalism is legal theft. Like, and again, I'm, and I know I'm getting real sociopolitical, but I think this matters too, uh, because it's like a lot of rubber is made in Liberia, random, random factoid. And, uh, my ex-girlfriend who's still a very close friend of mine is a teacher in Liberia currently. And like America buys rubber so rubber comes out of like these trees that only exist in like liberia and like colombia like it's like a few countries that got rubber trees and they pay liberia they pay they pay pay liberians like you know i'm making the arbitrary number up uh but this the increment is still gonna be realistic they pay them like let's say a hundred dollars for a sack of rubber a sack of the sap that is used to make rubber, mm. right? I'm just using mm. it. Don't got to be a hundred dollars, but let's say it's a hundred dollars. Yeah. When they, that acts, that little sack that they bought for a hundred dollars, it's going to make them a hundred thousand mm. dollars. They paid Liberia for it, but because Liberia isn't in a position of any leverage to bargain in that space, they basically get jacked because mm. they're paying it for like 10,000 X. What they they're they're selling it for like ten thousand x what it was purchased for and so cool let's teach our people how to play the capitalism game and also let's be courageous enough and dare I say revolutionary enough to even imagine a new game you dig what I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's just like let's play the game while also realizing that we got to do things from a more heart centered place more so that's just my pushback on like. Oh, don't complain. Learn the rules of the game. Like, no, for some reason, for a Liberian, they got a right to complain about that. Oh, yeah. They got a right to complain about, no, that's just not fair. Sure, it's legal, but that's bullshit. Create a new game. I I, I love that. And that's where, uh, you know, and and that's why it's synergistic. Like, they they could work together. So you learn the rules of the game to then figure out how to rewrite it. To figure mm, out how to create mm. a new game. So, mm. okay, I'm buying businesses. I could just keep buying businesses and doing it the way I want to, or I could start trying to build a community where we're doing it together. And then one of the biggest wealth transfers is about to happen because all of the um, 
baby boomers are retiring this decade and 12.5 mm -hmm. million of them in the U.S. have businesses and most mm -hmm. of the time they just shut down. Now we could go Thanks. and acquire a bunch of businesses and get in That's on that and what, would, what do we do together with it? Create that that's new game that benefits Because as us. long as we in capitalism, again, to your point, as long as this is the game, black mm. people need to learn it. Need to learn you, it. Yep. Ironically, you can't, re, you can't make a new game unless you're rich. <laughs> that's the <laughs> irony here. It's just like, <laughs> in order to be able to create a new socioeconomic structure, that's going to require hella money. So yeah. I, I employ any black person to learn everything you can do about getting very, very rich. Certainly, yeah, for sure, for sure, and 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 I, I believe this comes naturally, but I'm not 100 percent sure. After you start to create your wealth, you naturally you're gonna want to help others. Hmm. Maybe that's just me, but I feel mm -hmm. like I see it all the time. For sure, as you start making your money, you're like, okay, I'm good. It's like the the saying on the on the plane: put on your mask first before you help the others. And I used to be like, why? That's messed up. Why would mm -hmm. I not help the little kid and the grandma first? Yeah, but if you can't breathe. How are you mm -hmm. going to help all those people? That's so naturally, I think you're going to make your wealth and then you're going to want to help more people. And that helps to perpetuate it within our community to help grow our community and help us to create that new game. Those new mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, tell me a little bit more about just in general with your videos, everything that I see you post, you know, what what attracts you more out of all the topics that you've talked about? Like what attracts you more and why? Like, you know, what do you lean towards more and why? Empathy. You yeah. know, I, f I feel like that's the underlying thing of everything that I teach, right? Like I, I came up to this development that I'm about to say, uh, like within the last couple months that mm -hmm. so much of my work is about like helping people to understand things and, and exposing them to new things so they understand. But I realized that the real reason that I want people to understand things is so that they gain empathy because empathy is often a result of understanding the people that you hate the most or you don't rock with is because you can't really see their side of the story. Yes. Because if you really understood the why and the historical reason behind the why they did whatever the fuck they did to you, you probably would have more empathy for them. So the reason that I want to help people learn and be exposed to all these different topics is so that we can be more empathetic as a, as a human race. Because the thing is, here is the reality. If we do not develop empathy and we don't learn to care about others in the same way that we care about ourselves and we stay attached to this rugged individualism, like it don't matter how much money we gonna make because we just gonna start World War III and blow this bitch up. Mm. Like that's just what's gonna happen. That's yes, what sir. it's going to, ha it's inevitable unless we learn to actually care about other people outside of ourselves and our immediate family structures. And that yeah. tend to be how we operate. You dig what I'm saying? And not just black people, but the whole world operate like that. So world. empathy is what I think is the most divine medicine that the world needs for our sickness is empathy. For sure. Mm, man, I love it. I love it, man. I'm loving this conversation, bro. Let me tell you, growing up, when I used to hear about, you know, I wanted to know about business and, you know, Warren Buffett was one of my uh, heroes growing up because yeah. I didn't really had no other hero to look up to at the time sure. in my community directly. And okay. I was like, yo, how's this guy the richest man in the world? At the time, he was the richest. And I was like, what did he do? And I wanted to learn more. Now, I used to uh, hear from a lot of business people that the way to be successful in business, and this goes back to what I think is the core of capitalism, like you mentioned, and how it's kind of inherently evil, inherently bad. The most successful people in business are assholes. Hmm. That's what I used to hear. 
And mm. they, they would give the example of um, Steve Jobs. Steve mm. Jobs, everybody loves Steve Jobs. Oh, wow, Apple. Oh, that's great, iPhone. But yeah. Steve Jobs was an asshole to his employees. He mm-hmm. was terrible in terms of the things that you that I think you represent and want to see for humanity. That was yeah. not Steve Jobs. Yeah. Now, I said to myself, I don't care if everybody's telling me that's the way to do it. I, I, I still want to be true to myself and I'm just not that type of person. So I'm going to figure that's out right. a way to make money while living in integrity and, and looking, you know, caring about other people and being empathetic. Right. So mm-hmm. I believe that that's an important thing that you're trying to convey to people about empathy, because I believe that we have to be true to ourselves and then care about others in order to really see, you know, our race and our planet and, you know, everybody just be uplifted to the next level. That's right. a fact. So I love, I love that you're saying that, man. That that's that's critical. That's critical. I appreciate you, that. So now, bro, I don't even. I got so many different directions I want to go with you because this conversation could go way too long. <laughs> we go, we gonna try and constrain it a little bit. What's next for Charity Croft? What are you planning to do? Uh, well, to keep it in, in line with business, because I because I I do know that your audience is business. I want to keep it in line. It's interesting. Uh, I'm working on a book currently. And even that, like, uh, I have a meeting with my literary agent tomorrow and we talking about like, they want me to get extra writers and maybe a project manager. And, and that that's even allowing me to learn more about, cause really, cause me as a writer, like my words feel very personal, but, but, it, but again, the book industry is still a business and you have to sell and things in business require collaboration, right? They, they, they require you being, a fearless enough to, to not feel like you need to do everything. And I wonder how you felt about learning more about delegation and, and spreading the opportunities around. Like you dig what I'm saying? Because it's just like back to wealth mindset. It's just like, what they say, if you want to uh, get somewhere, you know, this quote that I'm about to say, yes, uh, yes. what if is it? Get, oh man. It has to do with like working hard and working smart, but I can't remember the exact words to it. Right. right. <laughs> but we, we, we know the quote, but it's basically yeah. about the strength of being able as a CEO, as an entrepreneur to learn how to collaborate and delegate and not feel the necessity to do everything yourself. Yes. You dig what I'm saying? And that's kind of what I'm learning as I'm expanding my career is that yes. there's no way that I can reach the type of success that I want to reach. Always feeling like I need to be involved in every single thing. Like you said, jack of all trades i need to know a little bit about every aspect of my business but to be the person that is the only person doing every single aspect like that's impossible you dig what I'm saying? so so that goes to one of my favorite books now i, I gotta I, I probably mentioned this every episode but i gotta mention my three top books one mm-hmm. is barbarians at the gate because it talks about uh leverage buyouts and it talks about the rjr nabisco buyout that happened in the 80s which was the largest LBO before Elon Musk acquired Twitter um, this Uh year, if he still goes through with that acquisition. Uh, The next one is why should white guys have all the fun? Uh That one changed my life. Most people don't even know about it for some reason, but that was a powerful book. But the third, I know you've known, I know you probably read this one too. Rich dad, poor dad, Robert. Uh Uh And in it, he talks about the cash flow quadrant. The cash flow quadrant, we all start, most of us start at E, employee, and mm. we're working in the business. We're trading our time for money. And then we say those magic words, man, I'm tired of this. I want to work for myself. Mm. And we go down to self-employed and think that we're an entrepreneur. Mm. That's not being a, a real entrepreneur. 
You have mm. to be a business owner because when you're self-employed, you're still working in the business. You're still trading time for money, right? You only mm. so much hours in the in the in the day, so you're already capped. Now, mm. when you go to the B quadrant, business owner, that's when mm. you put processes in place, systems in place to automate, hire people so that you could delegate. That is the true way mm. to scale your business and take it to that next level. Mm. But there's one more, and that last quadrant is I, investor. Mm. That's why I focus on buying businesses. A lot of people ask me, how do you get started buying business? I was like, well, first thing you got to do is change all of your social media descriptions and say investor. Let people know <laughs> that you are an investor and let people know that you buy businesses. And the conversation is different. One of, really? one of my students, he told me that he was at a conference and said that. He said, oh, yeah, I buy businesses and I do it in an LBO style so that I don't have to pay money out of my pocket. He said that it ended up like everybody surrounded him and started asking questions. It's like, wait a minute, what? And they just had no idea it was possible. Mm-hmm. So that investor quadrant is the ultimate goal, in my opinion, because what? Investor quadrant gives me my time back. Mm-hmm. Because now as I buy a business, I'm not buying one that I, I'm not buying a job. I'm not trying to work in it. Mm. I'm buying one that has enough cash flow to pay to hire a CEO to run the business. So I'm not running it. Mm. So that's my ultimate goal is getting my time back. But we need to all remember that quadrant, that cash flow quadrant, and mm. re- be conscious of where we are currently in that quadrant so that we mm. can get to the next level. Mm. Right. And if your goal is just financial freedom, then yeah, you can stick as being a business owner. Right. Mm. Financial freedom is cool, but my goal is not financial freedom. It's time freedom, time Mm. wealth. Right. Mm. And because of that, I need my time back. And even as a CEO, I ain't have enough time. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. If I'm if I'm going to be honest, I am. I'm in the business owner quadrant, but with hella self-employed as tendencies. for sure. (laughs) Because even with the people that I hire, I still be like. You know, oh, like man. one of my one of my other uh, managers, Evan. He's just like he's annoyed by the fact that I be feeling the need or the necessity to be involved in everything. That really <laughs> annoys him. You dig what I'm saying? He just yeah, wanted to yeah. just be an artist. But again, part of who I am is a person with these kind of entrepreneurial tendencies. And it's interesting. I my, I do have aspirations towards that investor role. There's a specific business that I want to buy. It's super random. But it's like the first business I want to buy. So I, I actually would like to ask you your thoughts on like a way to do this. I yeah. So, uh, so you know, black people love crab legs, right? <laughs> it's a real thing. It's yes, so, it, is. <laughs> it is. It is this place in Chicago. Uh, I'm gonna name it. It's called Two Fish, okay. and their food is so delicious, right? <laughs> and they're and they're in like a black community. But here's the thing. Every single day, I'm talking about no ex- no exceptions. Yeah. It's a line around the corner, mm. and, and here's the thing: they aren't particularly good at marketing. You mm. dig what I'm saying? Their service quality, to be frank, isn't that amazing. Yeah. It just happens to be so delicious that the word of mouth just travels and it sells itself. And I know yeah. for a fact because what I do with social media and because of my understanding of marketing and how to just garner attention, I know that whatever they're doing, I could 7 to 10 exit with more it, more clever marketing strategies. Yeah. And I want to buy this business really bad, but 
And I literally walked to the owner and I told her that I'm going to buy the business from her. And she just like laughed. And she said, okay, well, we'll talk. You know what I'm saying? But I'm dead ass. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? And I was just like, but in my head, until I actually, to be frank, got in tune with what you were doing, my thought yeah. was that I was going to, I was going to wait till I, I got enough bread to just buy it. Yeah. But you're talking yeah. about that's, that's not the thing that has to be done. Nope. It's not yeah. needed. Now, the way I teach is, I, I focus on a very specific strategy that mm-hmm. is the easiest to get into first. And then mm-hmm. once you start doing that, you could deviate from that strategy and do different things. Yeah. I encourage people to focus on a business that the numbers look good before focusing on, hey, I really want this one, right? Because let's mm-hmm. say that company that you just mentioned, if they're not a motivated seller, right? They're not retiring. Yeah, I, not- and I, I saw that in your pot in your uh in your live where you talked about somebody who wants to sell. Like they don't probably particularly want to sell, but I definitely still want to buy it. Just and, because and I know that whatever they're doing, yeah. they could be doing 10 times more money and revenue if they understood marketing in the way that I understand it. And I don't want to just be a consultant. I want to own the shit. You, you dig what I'm shit. saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So mindset shift again. Another thing that we got to also remember in our community, I feel that our community suffers from this too much. People need to remember and understand that 25% of a watermelon is better than 100% of a grape, mm. right? So you want to own that company, yeah. but don't think that you need to own it 100%. What I would do in this situation with these people, they're not already motivated sellers. They weren't trying to retire. They're not baby boomers trying to get yeah. out of it. They've been in it for 40 years or something like that. I'd say to them, hey, I'd love to buy your business, but I also want to keep you on as a, mm. as a partner. How would you feel about you know, as I, me buying it, but you stay on? You may mm. be passionate about it and love it. You could be yeah. staying on as an advisor, and then I'll take it to that next level. Mm. They'll love it because they see your presence online. They see that you have marketing skills. They're going to say, oh, wow, you can help us take it to that next level. Now, they re- maybe they, you give them 20% ownership or something they stay on they gonna continue mm. running it you don't gotta do mm. nothing <laughs> all you're gonna mm. do is strength which is the marketing and those things right. take it to that next level right mm. maybe you buy them out eventually but that mm. helps with the transaction up front is how mm. do i get in it and all, i own com- i own equity in multiple companies but not 100 percent of all right mm. there's only mm. a couple yeah. that i own 100 in the rest yeah. at 20 percent here i got 60 percent there and on and on and on Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so you get a of assets under management, AUM. Hmm. And, and that leads me to my next question for you. I got a new challenge. I might have told you about this, I think. But I got a challenge that I'm going to issue. Since all these you know, internet challenges be out there and whatnot, yeah. my challenge is called the Trillion Dollar Table Challenge. Yeah. And the Trillion Dollar Table Challenge, by the end of this decade, I want to sit in a room at a table with people that look like me, and we have a trillion dollars assets under management, AUM, mm, right? Mm. Now, AUM does not mean I got trillion dollars in my pocket of cash. Yeah, it yeah. means I got businesses. I got real estate. I got yeah. uh, investment portfolios like stock market, Forex, crypto, whatever, and yeah. they equal to, with amongst all of us at that table, equal to uh, a, a trillion dollars assets under management. Mm. Will you be at that table. Absolutely. I can say that certainly. Maybe not, maybe not as buying businesses as much. Mm -hmm. I definitely, because I am a creative, I very, very extremely tilt towards creating businesses. 
but like I know there's a certain level of burnout that's that's inevitable in that by trying to own and operate like seven different businesses. But that's what I'm excited about at this moment, though. There we go. There we go. And yeah. and there's three main ways of creating wealth in this country in this world. Real yeah. estate's gonna be one. So you, yeah. you definitely gotta get into real estate to some aspect. Yeah. Uh, the financial markets is gonna be two. That's your investments. Like I said, stock market, forex, uh, crypto, uh, and the third one is owning a business, whether you build it or buy it, owning mm. businesses gives you more control than just buying a little piece of it in the stock market. Absolutely. So definitely, you know, following any of those three and all of those three, I, I look forward to seeing you at that trillion dollar table for our trillion dollar challenge, because this is the time and the, the tsunami has started. All of the baby boomers are retiring and, you know, they, they're trying to get rid of their business. Their, their kids don't want it. Or they figure, oh, I, I didn't know I could sell it. So they're just shutting it down. Swoop uh-huh. in and take over that wealth and they get that wealth transfer and, you know, take things to another level, man. That's a fact, bro. Listen, bro, I don't want to keep you any longer, man, because I have like eight more things in my mind that I want to go down and that will take us to two hours of anything. <laughs> but, bro, this conversation has been powerful. This conversation has been amazing. I think it's, I love what you're doing for our community. I love the fact that you're showing one, it's cool to be a nerd too, right? And be talking about things like theoretical physics and particle, uh, quantum physics and, uh, you know, the universe. That's uh, a fact. I love it, bro. Keep doing it, man. Keep doing it for sure. But tell the people where they can find you. Tell them, you know, anything that you want to know to impart on our, um, our audience. Yeah. My name is Charity Croft, and you can follow me at Charity Croft anywhere as far as the thing to impart. You don't have any limits, you know, to speak to last to this to this concept of a wealth mindset. It is an awareness that, again, nothing in life is ever happening to you. It is always happening for you. And so there is an ability and there is a potential within you that is literally infinite and limitless. And most of your doubts and fears and worries are just because you've been passively being taught by the world what to think. But when you take control of your own mind and whatever business you want to build, whatever career you want to pursue, it's absolutely within your power to do. And yeah, that's what I I was saying. Man, the power of of your self-actualization, the power of starting with your mindset and your mentality, but then making sure to execute on it. Absolutely. I love it, man. Hey, I'm looking forward to uh, some more of our physics conversations. <laughs> I'm going to send sure. you a video. I made Please a whole, do. it's a long six minute, well, not long, but it's a six minute video where mm-hmm. I break down every single tattoo and explain why and what I did with it and all of that. So I'm going to send crazy. you that too if you get a chance to watch that, bro. <laughs> no, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, no, for sure. Appreciate you, man. Hey, right, thank bro. you again for coming on. Charity Croft, everybody. Make sure you follow him on IG, on TikTok everywhere and make sure you're listening to this brother as he helps to uplift our community and much much more generational wealth generational wealth mindset has been exposed another episode of entrepreneurship exposed i will see y'all later let's go